I'm Jesse Thorne. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, it's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Welcome to The Sound of Young America's New Year's Comedy Special. We've picked some of the best comedy that's appeared on The Sound of Young America this year and that's appeared in stores this year for your enjoyment. Lots of amazing, brilliant comedians uh, on the program. Casper Hauser, Dana Gould, Al Madrigal, Maria Bamford, Greg Barrett, Patton Oswalt. Lots of amazing people. Whether or not you've heard of them, I think you'll enjoy this program. Well, let's start with Maria Bamford. You might have seen her as a crazed Christmas shopper recently in a series of Target commercials. She actually used the money that she made in those Target commercials to make a holiday special, which she has put up for free download on her website, MariaBamford.com. Her most recent CD is called Unwanted Thoughts Syndrome. That's an actual diagnosis she's received from an actual mental health professional. Uh, this track is called I Miss Working in an Office. I love this job. Have you ever like, like your job but then feel like, oh, I wonder if we could take it to the next level? You know, like I could be an accountant but also be a cloud? <laughs> Every year, rain down upon people. I, uh... Every year I think of a different job I could do, like like this year I was like, I'm be a nurse, you know, like, oh, do you need me to hose that off? Uh, I could be a cop, because LA's hiring, right? You know, like down there. Yeah, I could be like, hey, hey, stop it. Like that, I could do that. You know? Um, but I, I work a lot by myself, and I do really miss camaraderie of working in a place, you know, being with other people, because I'm by myself most of the time, and I miss the, uh, where do I go for lunch? Where do I go for lunch? Where do I go for lunch? Get, like, a sandwich or something. <laughs> like a salad. <gasps> someplace where you get a Diet Coke. <gasps> Yes, we could, my friend. Yes, we could. I like the drama, you know. Don't touch Donna's labor maker. Okay, don't touch it. Why? Because she bought it with her own money. Enough said, sister. Enough said. So, uh, yeah, I got in trouble sometimes because I get kind of out of control at work. Because uh, other people's food always looks better. <laughs> Did someone else take my key lime pie your plate? No, it, it wasn't me. This, it really wasn't me this time. Did you eat my Southwestern Scarlene cuisine? No, no. Did you eat my hat chocolate rabbit? It's just basically half a head with an ear that I've been gnawing on for the past five years. It still has a ribbon around it because my mom gave it to me for Easter. Yes. <laughs> Stop scrabbling things up in your chops. Um, I, uh, 
like simple foods. I do like, I like comedy club food, which is a boon, you know, because I like simple, you know, just, I don't want to hear about the food, you know, and they have fancy rest, they say, oh, we're going to terrify the beef, and then we're going <laughs> to shove it next to some carrots that don't know what's going on, and they're going to try to escape, but they're battling desperate towards her, but there's a tsunami of booze juice coming at them. Like, I don't, I don't need to know that. Uh, does that shape fit in here? How do we get it in the munching cave? have a dinner blizzard a blizzard of dinner <laughs> let's get it in the pipeline hey um so yeah okay yeah you know when you're at your public pool and you're just tugboating along on three noodles and a kickboard <laughs> okay <laughs> Some kid's like, hey, why are you taking all the noodles? It's not my problem. School gets out at three. I got here at one, buddy. Self-employed. You may have one noodle. So, uh, did anyone here just move to Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah? Do you have a job yet? Yeah. Yeah, what's your job? Okay, that's a good job, right? Because they got bennies, right? Yeah. Benefits and and then do you get do you get like the old pinas, pineapples? You know, like the like the cookies that have been crushed. That have been crushed. <laughs> They're no good. <laughs> Sorry. Cookies you get. That's real nice. It's good to have a job. They are, I don't want to move out there. They're like, you've got to have a job when you come to L.A. And that's the only way you can go to L.A. is have a job. So I got a, I got a job during, I don't know who said that, but somebody in my head said that to me. <laughs> Clearly. And they were enunciating when they said it. Um, I, uh, I moved out to L.A. and I started doing Star Trek characters in a touring show. And the tour went to mall openings and uh, Jack in the Box promotions all over Victoria, Texas. And uh, it's a bit of a longer piece, so uh, settle in. Uh, <laughs> Greetings, I'm Major Lelanka of the planet Bajor. I can see the makeup on your face. Oh, you mean my genetic makeup? <laughs> yes, I am molecularly different from you, as I am an alien and you are a human. <laughs> uh, great, get the f- away from me! Get the f- away from me! Ah, excellent. <laughs> Good way, hello. <laughs> I shall try it on the Klingon when he is back from his smoke break. <laughs> ah, yes. Why do you have stains all over your uniform? Because the uh, Starship Enterprise does not reimburse for dry cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) You, sir, you, sir, we're sitting on the bench. Uh, Do you have a moment to speak to an alien? Uh, You have a a doggy bag from Coco's? Yes. I see you waiting for your wife. Yes. A VFW hat? Yes, I'm a veteran of foreign wars myself. Yes. Would you like to hear the story of my people? <laughs> yes, yeah, we were from Bajor, much like the Jews. We were decimated by a superior race, uh, the Cardassians, uh, reptilian folk. 
the last memory I have of my parents is uh, I was making paper dolls in the attic. Yes, we have attics. <laughs> we are not barbarians. <laughs> and I heard the cries of my parents, and I ran down the stairs. Yes, yes, we have stairs! <laughs> you think us imbeciles? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm defensive, I'm defensive. <laughs> and there I found the bodies of my parents flayed from stem to stern by the deadly Cardassian toenail. And all I have left to remember them by is this bloody paper doll. (laughs) Yes, it does look like a napkin from steak in the cup with ketchup on it. It looks like that, but it is not. It is not, my friend. Are you one of the deniers of the Holocaust? (laughs) Would you like to play an improv game with the Vulcan? The brilliant and hilarious Maria Bamford from her CD, Unwanted Thoughts Syndrome. One of my favorite comics is also a best-selling author. His name is Greg Barrett. He coined the catchphrase, he's just not that into you, and suddenly went from being a somewhat edgy alternative comedian here in Los Angeles to being on Oprah all the time and getting his own daytime talk show. It never quite fit him right, um, I have to say, although he is a handsome and charming guy. Uh, like I said, he's also really funny. Here's a track from his most recent record, That Guy From That Thing. Uh, it's called The Zen of Flying. I've been working, doing stand-up now pretty consistently for the past two years, and that's put me in airports a lot. Uh, uh, and I've gotten very zen about flying. I realize that... Uh, uh, you got to be zen when you fly because it doesn't go the way you want it to. Your flight gets canceled. Sometimes your airline gets canceled. <laughs> That's disappointing. There's no flight? Uh, oh, oh, oh there's, there's no airline. <laughs> want to get some chicken fingers? People get upset, man. I've never understood that. People get upset when their flights are canceled. They're very angry about it. And they want to fly. But my feeling is, if you don't want to fly, I don't want to go. You don't want to put that big bird in the sky? I don't want to go, buddy Holly. I'll stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. Roberto Clemente. I'm not going to Thurman Munson to Glenn Miller. I'm going to stay right here. And those are all people who perished. They, uh... But this, uh, so I was flying to Denver and our flight got canceled. And now there are all, there are many different kinds of in the world. And all of us, if we're being honest, we can all, but there's one particular that you see at the airport that is so annoying. And that is the person who is dressed like the destination to which it is they are flying. Do you know what I'm saying? People that wear what they think the native costume of the land is that they're going to, even when they're flying intercontinentally. We're going to Denver, and I swear to you, this had a parka made of bears. Yeah, cold. He had his skis on. We're going to Denver, dude. Going to Denver. Yeah, I got a parka made of... Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's July. Yeah, no, mile high. Cold. Skis on. See a guy flying through the airport, wearing a thong, holding a marlin. He has cocaine shoved up his ass. He's going to Florida. I'll show you. Have a good... Enjoy. 
Marlin stereotypes. There you go. So our flight gets canceled, and he takes issue with the woman behind the counter, and he's very, very upset and yelling at this woman. And uh, you know, sometimes that's how people have to be. But I just didn't. What I didn't like was what he was saying, because he kept saying, "Now this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is ridiculous, dude. It's not ridiculous. That's not what the word means." Right? Ridiculous means unreasonable. There's a reason we're not going. <laughs> he just kept saying, "It's ridiculous! It's ridiculous!" And finally, I wanted to go, "Dude, it's not ridiculous!" Now listen, if you got on that airplane and an elephant was flying the plane, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, because where to get the elephant? How's he gonna fly with those round hands? He can't do it. He'll never get the nose off the ground. He's in the cockpit. He's eating all the peanuts. Of course he is. That's why he took the job. <laughs> Greg Barrett from his CD and TV and DVD special, that guy from that thing. It's the Sound of Young America's 2009-2010. I don't know what is it. Does it count as 2009 or 2010? If it's New Year's 2010. Anyway, some of our favorite comedy from 2009. One of our all-time favorite comedians and a great friend of the Sound of Young America, Patton Oswalt, put out a new special and record this year. It's called My Weakness is Strong. You might know Patton as uh, one of the stars of The King of Queens, which he was for many years. You might know him as uh, the voice of Remy the Rat in Ratatouille. Um, His life has changed a lot recently. He just had a kid, and he recorded this new CD just before the kid was born. I do got to change my attitude, though, just my outlook. That's a horrible thing for a kid to grow up under. I got to get—I didn't realize how bad my— outlook on life was until I had to go on a press tour for Ratatouille and I had to talk to children's magazines and children's TV shows. And I wasn't interviewed by adults. I was interviewed by actual smiling children, bright-faced little kids. We'd go, hi, walking at Disney movies, everybody's talking to Pat and I was on Ratatouille. And I didn't realize until that point in my life how Desperately, I depend on negativity and cynicism just to communicate with the outside world. The Oswald family crest should be a pair of eyes rolling off to the side and then a bag of Cheetos and then the word Like, that would be our shield that you would just... You would see that retreating from the great battles of history. Like, this. Bows and arrows? Really? You didn't tell me bows and arrows. Goodbye. (laughs) But you can't roll your eyes and be sarcastic to a little kid because you look like a creep. You have to match their enthusiasm. And it hurt my skull. It's like I don't trust joy, and I I could feel my tendons just tearing. It was awful. These kids would go, Patton, was it fun working with Brad Bird? I would go, it was really fun, rip, bleed. Demon, potato bug, like every horrible thing just falling out of my skull on these kids. Then, Ratatouille up Halloween for me. Halloween is my favorite holiday. Go way over the top, decorate the house. I have all my friends come over, and we drink scotch, and we smoke weed, and we watch old monster movies. And then the kids come by, and we jump out, we go, boo, and we make it really fun. I love Halloween. But a couple months before Halloween, some friends of mine 
sent me pictures of their kids, and they were dressed as my character from Ratatouille. Remy the Rat was a little Halloween costume. So now, no, no, because now I'm tense and I can't enjoy the high or the scotch because I'm so afraid that some kid's going to come to the door as Remy and just out of enthusiasm, I'm going to go, you're inside of me right now. (laughs) Did you know that? How about that? You're walking the night in my skin. How does that feel? That is very well-meaning. And that is like a step away from, does this washcloth smell like chloroform to you? What do you think? Doesn't it smell like chloroform? Pat Noswalt from his most recent CD, My Weakness is Strong. It's the sound of young America from MaximumFun.org. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's our best comedy of 2009 special. We'll see you in just a minute on the sound of young America from PRI Public Radio International. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America's Best Comedy of 2009 special. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. You know, uh, every year, The Sound of Young America and uh, our parent media organization, MaximumFun.org, put on this event called Max FunCon here in Southern California. It's uh, out in the woods, and we have these comedy shows in this beautiful wooded amphitheater. It's cold enough so that you can see your breath in front of you. Um, we have lots of comedians performing in these shows. One of my absolute favorites from last year's Max FunCon was the brilliant Los Angeles comedian Tig Notaro. Here she is performing at Max FunCon, as introduced by our pal Jimmy Pardo. Uh, we had a great week. There's no reason why that won't continue here tonight. Uh, folks, you've seen her on the Sarah Silverman show, uh, also Comedy Central. She's terrific. Uh, Tig Notaro, everybody. Here we go. Tig. All my friends are having kids. Some old whiskey laugh. (laughs) Kids, huh? It's hilarious. (laughs) How does a laugh get to that point? (laughs) There's no child running around doing that. There has to be some age where people... Maybe it's not even a laugh. Maybe we've lost somebody. Here we all laughing. Here we all laughing? I don't know what's happened. I think I'm nervous to be doing comedy in the woods. It'd be great if the lights went on and it was all just grizzly bears staring at me. 
<laughs> Just laughing maniacally, showing their teeth. But only during my set, when the other comics are on, it's, it's a regular audience. <laughs> All right, Tig's on, come on. <laughs> Kids, huh? <laughs> yeah, um... Are all having kids? <clears throat> Jimmy's one of them. We're actually not very close. <laughs> um, and uh, can't stand that guy. I um. So I uh, I love getting email updates from my friends about their kids. I do. I love getting those. I do. What I can't stand is when they include the question, can you believe it? Caitlin is starting kindergarten this year. Can you believe it? I don't know. I mean, what is she, about five? That sounds about right. Yeah, I can believe that. But like if they were to contact me and be like, Caitlin has never grown any bigger since the day she was born. Never spoken a word at all in her life. She's graduating from college today. Can you believe it? <laughs> like, oh my God, no. I can't believe it. Send more photos. But can I believe that Caitlin is following the natural progression of life? Yeah, I can totally wrap my head around that. I have to leave, but I just want to say I found an, an acorn on my way here. Well, because we're in the woods. And uh, I know how to do this with an acorn. Yeah. So enjoy the rest of the show. Good night. That was the very funny Tig Notaro. You can see her regularly on the Sarah Silverman program on Comedy Central. Our friends in the Casper Hauser Comedy Group had a great year this year. They put out two brand new books. Yes, two books. Uh, one was called Obama's Blackberry, The Other Weddings of the Times. They also made some time to record some sketches for The Sound of Young America. Here's one of them, Mundo de Perros. Bienvenidos, señores y señoras. A nuestra programa Mundo de Perro. World of Dogs. Hoy tenemos un visitante muy especial, directo de la Universidad Harvard University, Dr. John Stinson. Hola, Dr. John. H hello. Um, is this in Spanish? Sí. Oh, because I don't... I, well, yo hablo un poquito español, pero... Vaya, siéntese, gringo. Pregunta primera importante. ¿Qué es un perro? What is a dog? Sí. 
well, uh, un perro uh, es un animal. Sí, yo lo sé, pues, pero realmente, ¿qué? ¿Qué es un perro? Uh, um, no sé. Uh, ¿No uh, sabes? Sí. No, uh, no. Es un animal con cuatro paws. Mm. How do you say long tongue? Do your best. Tonga lengua. No. I, I, I don't know. Uh -huh. They say you, you. They say you were the biggest dog expert in the whole world. Sí, sí. Yo, yo, yo soy. Yo, sí. Okay. Otra pregunta seria, señor. He visto un tipo perro pequeño que se llama Guinea Pig. Y hace un ruido así. Sí, es un perro pequeño que dice que se llama Guinea. Oh, oh, okay. No, uh, guinea pig. No, is it, uh, un guinea pig no es un perro. Sí, es un perro. Oh, no. Oh, no. sí. No, no, no. Oh, sí, es un perro pequeño. No, no, no. no es un, uh, un uh, uh, rodenta. This is my show. Oh. Okay, this is my show. But, it, oh, okay. Otra pregunta seria, señor. He visto un foto de un, de un perro que tiene cornamenta. Cornamenta? Antlers. Oh, uh, no. Sí. Uh, no, no. Oh, sí, es cierto. He no, visto no, no. fotos. No, no, no es uh, un perro con uh, antlers. Sí hay. Pues. Uh, no. Sí es el perro del, del Grinch. El Grinch que robó la Navidad. That's a cartoon. You are a cartoon. I, what? I, this is my show. Okay, I listen. No, no, no. You listen. This isn't oh, what this I my thought. Show. Okay, right, I understand. I'm dog smart. You're book dog smart. Okay. Explícame entonces un perro que tiene una botella de whisky aquí. ¿Por qué necesita alcohol to have fun? Oh, oh okay. So, um, no, uh, uh, Saint Bernard, uh, Santo Bernardo, sí, uh, es un, un perro de las montañas y um, y uh, el alcohol uh, no es por el perro. Uh, es por los hombres en, en las montañas. Eh, que, que frío. Señor, alcohol no es una medicina. Este perro necesita rehab. Okay. Usted es el experto de un tipo perro que se llama pastor alemán. No, pastor alemán. Shepherd German. Oh, uh, German Shepherd, sí. Este perro es su favorito, ¿no? Sí, sí, es un... A magnificent uh, animal. ¿No es el perro de Hitler? No, no, no. no he visto no. fotos. ¿No es el perro de los nazis, no, no, señor? No, no, no. no. El, mm -hmm. el perro no es, sí, es el he perro visto de los nazis. fotos, señor. No, no, no. It's, no, es un animal. No tiene political... It's, no, it's not fair. You, you, you love can't... these dogs and you love Hitler. What? What, what, is, what is this? I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, 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 señor, señor. This is a joke. This is a joke? Yeah, this is, this is your life. These are all your friends. This is a joke? No. It's a real show and you did a bad job. Okay, I, listen. Ladies and gentlemen, please join us next week for a Mundo de Perros. Mundo de Perros from the Casper Hauser Comedy Group. They're online at casperhauser.com, K-A-S-P-E-R. 
H-A-U-S-E-R.com. Their most recent books are Weddings of the Times and Obama's Blackberry. Here in L.A., uh, our next comedian is seen as a kind of comedy sage. He helped create the alternative comedy scene, and he also wrote for The Simpsons for many years. These days, he's writing for Parks and Recreation, among other things. He also just put out his first new comedy CD in, in quite some time. It's called Let Me Put My Thoughts in You. Here's Dana Gould. There are now two types of people in the country. There are the people who believe in global warming, and they are very concerned. Then there are the people who think that global warming is a big liberal hoax, and they are furious. Watch Fox News, listen to talk radio. You've never heard anyone angrier than someone who doesn't believe in global warming because it's a liberal hoax and it drives them crazy that there are people out there who believe in something that they don't believe in and that's not acceptable. But you can't live your life that way. I don't believe in magical rabbits. But I don't myself when I drive past an Easter egg hunt. Just let him have it, you know? I don't go jumping fences into people's yards. You want to know where the eggs are? Ask your parents. That's who hit them. There's no rabbit, man. There's no rabbit. There's no rabbit. On the other hand, there are the people on this side of the argument that go, no, man, global warming is a huge problem, and the government has to solve it. Well, I'm not going to march in that parade either right off the bat. I'm still waiting for the government to figure out a way for me to walk on the airplane with my goddamned eye drops before I turn them loose on global warming. I'm still waiting for the government to figure out after seven years, instead of me taking my shoes off and putting them through the metal detector at the airport, they could maybe put a metal detector... Down where my shoes are. (laughs) While they're thinking about a good place to put it, they can just set it down. (laughs) On the floor. Where 100% of the known shoes are. (laughs) Then they can go back to trying to redirect the sun. I'm sure once the government solves global warming, the solution will lack elegance. Nobody goes outside anymore. (laughs) The next person who goes outside hates the troops. (laughs) On the other hand, the world is filled with brilliant people who anticipate problems and solve them before they become problems. That's what gives you hope. I was reading this article. The average American now drinks, it was 7 or 17, and I honestly think it was 17 gallons of espresso every year because there's a high-end coffee shop in every corner because 15 years ago, they anticipated the need. They looked out and realized people aren't jittery enough. (laughs) We have to invent the toffee nut latte. People want to drink a sheet cake that makes them nervous. (laughs) That's the problem. 
The ice caps are melting. Polar bears are growing dolphin blowholes. The smartest people we have are up at four o'clock in the morning trying to get coffee to taste more like pumpkins. And it will get worse. The seas will boil. Chickens hatching eggs full of lava. These guys, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Apple cappuccinos with cinnamon foam. Who hates how smart I am? Stand-up comedian Dana Gould from his most recent CD, Let Me Put My Thoughts in You. You know, Dana Gould is a veteran of the stand-up comedy scene, but our next performer is kind of a newcomer. He's only in his mid-twenties, but he's already a writer for Saturday Night Live, and he just put out his first comedy CD called The Top Part. Here he is telling us about the best meal he ever had in his life. All right. This happened when I was 11 years old in Chicago, Illinois, where I grew up. And it took place at a little uh, restaurant called the Salt and Pepper Diner, which was a family restaurant in the city. Yes, yes, you know the Salt and Pepper Diner? It's a wonderful family restaurant in in Chicago, which means that it caters mainly to teenagers and homeless schizophrenics. (laughs) Now, I go into this place one day uh, when I'm 11 with my best friend, John. And I should say that his name is also John. I'm not calling myself my own best friend. (laughs) It's a separate human being. We walk into the salt and pepper diner one day and they had a jukebox there, all right? And the jukebox was three plays for a dollar. So we put in seven dollars and selected 21 plays of Tom Jones's What's New Pussycat. And then we ordered and waited. Here's the thing about when What's New Pussycat plays over and over and over and over and over again. The second time it plays, your immediate thought is not, hey, someone's playing What's New Pussycat again. It's, hey, What's New Pussycat is a lot longer than I first thought. And it has like a dip in the middle. You know how some songs have a dip like, like Guns N' Roses, November Rain? You're like, hey, November Rain's over. No, it's not. There's more. The third time it plays, you're thinking, maybe someone's playing What's New Pussycat again. The fourth time it plays, you're thinking, whoa. Someone just played What's New Pussycat four times. Or at least, someone played it twice, and it's a really long song. So, the fifth time is the kicker. Now, we're watching the entire diner at this point. Most people have gotten wind as to what's going on. And we're staring at this one guy, and he's sitting in his booth, and his like, hand is shaking while his stupid kids jump around, and like he's been onto us since the beginning. And he's staring at his coffee cup like this, and he has this look on his face like, aw, like he just got his 30-day chip from anger management. (laughs) And he's staring like this, and the fourth play fades out. It's dead quiet. And then, I don't know if you know this, but the song begins very subtly... What's new, pussycat? And the guy goes, damn it! And pounds on the table, and silverware flies everywhere, and it was fantastic. But a word about my friend John, and what a genius he was. 
Because when we were first up at the jukebox and we were punching in the What's New Pussycats, all right? I'd punched in about seven. And then John says to me, hey, 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 wait. Before we drop in another What's New Pussycat, let's put in one It's Not Unusual. And that is when the afternoon went from good to great. After seven What's New Pussycats in a row. Suddenly, dum da dum it's not unusual and the sigh of relief has swept through the diner people were ecstatic it was like the liberation of France you know for years scientists have wondered can you make grown men and women weep tears of joy by playing Tom Jones's It's Not Unusual and the answer is yes, you can. As long as it is preceded by seven What's New Pussycats. And on the other hand, when we went back. Holy <laughs> It's not unusual, fades out. Dead quiet. What's new, pussycat? People went f***ing insane. No one could handle it. No one could handle it. And they were surrounded by this, like, seemingly indifferent staff, you know, that was just like, yep, same as always. My only wish is that one of the schizophrenics had stood up and been like, now you know. Now you know what it's like to live in my brain. They unplugged the jukebox after 11 plays. And that was the best meal I've ever had. Thank you very much, San Francisco. John Mulaney from his CD, The Top Part. It's the best comedy of 2009, a Sound of Young America special. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. We'll have more... Great comedy from folks like Al Madrigal and Paul F. Tompkins when we come back in just a minute on The Sound of Young America from PRI Public Radio International. FunCon is MaximumFun.org's annual Convocation of Things That Are Awesome. 
You can join me and dozens of great teachers and performers for a weekend in a retired hunting lodge in the woods this May here in Southern California. We'll have comedy from Mark Marin, Al Madrigal, Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo, Casper Hauser, Elephant Larry, and more. Plus talks from author and comic John Hodgman, rocker Andrew W.K., and Radio Lab's Jad Abumrad, among others. And classes on everything from crafting to improv to the art of the cocktail. For more information on Max FunCon, visit MaxFunCon.com. That's MaxFunCon.com. But remember that slots fill up fast. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America's Best Comedy of 2009 special. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. We have hand-selected our favorite comedy from 2009, both from previous Sound of Young America broadcasts and from our favorite comedy audio releases of 2009. One of my favorite Sound of Young America guests this year was Al Madrigal. He's a veteran stand-up comedian who got his start not on the comedy stage, but working for a PR company owned by his mom. His job was firing people. Luckily, <laughs> he, had a, he had an escape valve uh, performing on the stand-up comedy stage. Now he's a successful comedian and actor here in Los Angeles. His most recent CD is called Half Breed, a reference to the fact that he's half Mexican. Let's hear a track. I'll let you guys in on something embarrassing. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm the worst Mexican ever. So now you guys know I went to French school, and I'm trying to be a better Mexican. I got the CDs in my car, how to be a better Mexican. Uh, I'm on the third CD right now called Stab and Twist, uh, and uh, I'm trying to get there, all right? I got my culture robbed for me. I'm going to get it back. But now, because I do stand-up comedy and because of my uh, last name, I get offered all kinds of gigs, uh, Cinco de Mayo gigs, right? And so I got to do these gigs. The money's too good to pass up. $2,000 for 20 minutes each day. So that's a $4,000 weekend for me to show up and do 40 minutes work. It sounds like a no-brainer, right, buddy? Uh, and so I'll never do it again. Let me tell you why. I show up at the gig, and I'm driving there with my wife, and they say, my wife says, turn up the radio station. They have a commercial for you on the oldie station there. And I turn it up, and this is how it goes. We have a big Latino comedy jam, and Al Madrigal is going to be there. I'm in my car going, wow, so that's how you say it. Right? <laughs> and then I show up at the gig, and there's 2,000 Mexicans in a GI hall, which is like a big cafeteria. And uh, my wife looks at me, and she goes, dude, you got to get the f*** out of here. Because she's supportive like that. And I say, no, honey, I can do this. Have a little faith in me. And I have a couple shots of the Montezuma Raka tequila they're pouring in styrofoam cups at the snack bar. Have a couple of those babies. And the reason why my wife is concerned is the guy before me is doing his whole act in Spanish. He's killing, right? I think a woman in a black veil brought him roses at one point. That's how Latino this is. And so uh, I get up there and I decide, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend to be like a Latino Def Jam comedian, like your Carlos Mencia. And so I walk up on stage and I say, What's up, East San Jose? Make some noise. Sure enough, they all made some noise. So I said, Where are all the black people at? Black people, make some noise, black people. Nothing. <laughs> Not one black guy in the whole place. Right? So then I say, where are all the white people at? White people make some noise, white people! Nothing. Just half of me is the only white guy there. Right? <laughs> so I said, so it's all Latinos! Shh, big roar. <sighs> 2,000 Mexicans cheer at the exact same time. So then I proceed to do my act, same act you just heard, just by saying and bro constantly. 
Then I go to the next gig, and it's in uh, Stockton, California, which imagine um, is some meth hole outside of your major city, anywhere, just to, it doesn't matter where you're from, imagine that in your head. And so I go to that equivalent, and I show up, and you remember the guy who did so well the night before with his whole act in Spanish? He, the, the night before with the black veil and the women and the roses and the cheering? Uh, he's now crying backstage like the Mexican stripper. And I said, Ruben, what's wrong? How was your set? And he said, they threatened my life. What happened was these guys came around and they said, hey, what's up? We're the Nortenos. We don't tolerate your L.A. B- up here. That's a really bad gang, right? And they said, we're going to stab you, then we're going to twist it, all right? And I don't think they said it so politely either. I don't think they walked up and said, hi, I'm Hector, chairman of the Norteno chapter here in Stockton, California. I mean, a little two-thirds majority vote. We decided we're going to stab you and twist it. No, guys with tattoos on their eyeballs came around to kill them, and it was real. And so then I have to go up there. I decided on the long ride out that I'm not going to be this Latino Def Jam character that I'm not. That's I spent the first half of my life trying to be white, going to French school, and now I'm going to be this character. I'm going to be myself, and that's a bad idea. Never be yourself. Try to be something better, what people want you to be. Change it up. Anyway, I go up on stage, and I'm doing the Paquito thing, and I have this weird fantasy in my head where some old Edward James Olmos character is going to stand up and go, Mijo, we embrace you even though you don't speak Spanish, right? And the cholos are going to raise me on their shoulders and parade me out of there. But really what happened is I did the Paquito thing, and the guy stands up right in the middle and goes, He doesn't speak Spanish! Ah! Real Mexican Braveheart, right? So then I keep going and going and going. I'm trying to be professional. And the guy starts flipping me off violently. You ever been flipped off, sir? Sure you have, right? How about you, pal? All the time. Uh, so, uh, what happens is uh, this guy's flipping me off violently. I'm not sure if you ever got this one where the guy's going, shaking and holding it. And then he's leading people in booze against me. 20 people are booing. 80 people are booing. And finally I broke down. I said something I shouldn't have. I said, look, you guys, this isn't exactly a dream gig for me either. I'm stuck in Stockton of all godforsaken places. And the best part about it is I get to leave. And you people are stuck here for the rest of your miserable lives. Now, I'm taking the money. and I'm being paid handsomely. I'm going to blow it in outlet malls in the outskirts of every city like yours. So, f*** off. Uh, and so you're out, the guy stands back up and goes, he's got money. And then I ended up jumping a fence like a salmon while the black security guards laughed at me. Viva la Mexico. The hilarious Al Madrigal from his CD, Half Breed. Al, by the way, will be performing at next year's Max FunCon, which is our annual conference in the woods here in Southern California. It's our best of 2009 comedy special on The Sound of Young America. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. Um, 2009 was a year that was marked by a difficult economic downturn. And certainly no one understands that better than our next commentator, Scott Simpson. My brother is a shoe store DJ. My father is a shoe store DJ. My grandfather was a shoe store DJ. The day I left the trade, some folks in my family cursed me. But now I'm having the last laugh. Yesterday I went down to local 1215, the union hall where my father and brother shoot pool and wait all day for work. Dad's colleague, DJ Wizzy, is there. I knew there was trouble when Adidas laid off their daytime DJ, he says. I mean, sure, we knew that the double-deck days at the camper store were over, but nobody thought it would get this bad. My brother, DJ Mastertrax, shouts from across the room, Hey, Wizzy, tell him about the MP3 players. 
Tell them about how store managers think they can replace flesh and blood DJs with some garbage playlist filled with nothing but old daft punk. My brother doesn't address me directly. He won't talk to me anymore. Not since the day I refused to cover a gig for him over at Nike Town Glendale. I couldn't do it. I'd gotten off a slow, joyless shift at the Puma outlet, took a look at the turntable in the back seat of my Suzuki Samurai, and realized it wasn't the life for me. Unlike the rest of my family, shoe store DJing just isn't in my blood. My brother was pretty mad, but when my father heard I had taken off the giant headphones for good, his reaction was more mellow. Time was, a man couldn't buy a pair of loafers without some sort of modern musical accompaniment, he tells me. Nowadays, people don't seem to care. They go in, come out with new sneakers, and hardly seem to miss the Diplo MIA 12-inch remix record I would have played for them. Heck, boy, you never could beat Matchworth a lick anyhow, could you? My father teases. I remember when you tried to scratch Solo over Portis' head. To this day, that Onitsuka Tiger store won't return my phone calls. He chuckles, shakes his head, and heads back to the pool table. Down at Local 1215, some folks still hold out hope for better times ahead. Union leaders praised President Obama's proposed $140 million aid package for the industry. The administration also closed a NAFTA loophole that allowed undercutting Mexican DJs to work the tables in certain states. Critics decry these measures as rank protectionism. But old-time practitioners of the craft, like my dad, are just happy for the chance to spin another day. Scott Simpson is one of the hosts of the brilliant comedy podcast, You Look Nice Today. You can download or listen to it for free at youlooknicetoday.com. It's the Sound of Young America's Best of 2009 Holiday Special. I'm Jesse Thorne. I can never decide who my favorite comedian is, but my wife has a very strong opinion. Uh, She says it's Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. You might have seen him in 2009 as the host of Best Week Ever on VH1. Um, He is undoubtedly one of the funniest men in the world. Um, And he has a brand new CD called Freak Wharf. Here he is getting at the important issues like the relative merits of baked goods. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, there has been a debate raging in our society for many, many years. People are on one side or they're on the other. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground. We've never been able to solve this problem until tonight because I figured out the solution. Yes, some people are clapping because they are excited about solutions. They don't even know what I'm about to say. Like, I'm just glad about somebody coming up with a solution for the problem I'm not aware of yet. Here's what it is, folks. Here's the divide. Some people like cake more than pie. Some people like pie more than cake. We've never been able to agree which one is best. Until this historic night. Yeah. You're going to be part of history. Because I have figured it out. Now I need your help very briefly. I want, first I need you to stop yelling out cake or pie. still a comedy show and it's still a monologue. (laughs) 
By a round of applause, how many people like cake more than pie? It's a fair amount of people. God bless you all for voting. And I wish I had little stickers for everybody. But I am woefully unprepared for this turnout. Still using the applause as vote system. How many people like pie more than cake? Oh, you pie people. You make me laugh. Cake will always be superior to pie. Yes. I'm sorry. For one very simple reason. Frosting! Y'all forgot about frosting. Frosting trumps all. Have you taken leave of your senses? You're going to put whipped cream up against frosting? Don't make me laugh. Whipped cream? Did you ever eat... Let me put this to bed once and for all. Whipped cream. Here's how good frosting is. When you are eating it out of the can, you feel shame. Must be, it's pretty good. Must be it's too good. You're not supposed to eat it like that. <laughs> what does pie got going for it? Pie filling. Even the name filling makes it seem like it's not that important to the pie. <laughs> There's no contest. There's no contest. I want you to think back to those food drives when you were a kid. Picture that cardboard box in the corner of the classroom. Did you ever see a can of frosting in there? Let me save you the trouble. No, you did not. I bet you saw more than one can of pie filling in there, though. That's how little we think of pie. Get this out of the house. Hey, give it to the poor. Maybe they have time to make a lattice crust all day. I have a job. I'm going to call in sick from work. Make some Dutch apple pie. <laughs> if you are eating pie filling out of a can... There has been a disaster. <laughs> Things are not good. Things are not good. You are in an underground bunker and you are running out of food. Oh, I'm so hungry. What do we got left? Pie filling. I thought we planned this better. All right, here's what's going to happen. First, I'm going to eat that pie filling. Then I'm going to eat you. 
The only way pie will ever be victorious over cake is if man, is if science figures out how to frost a pie. (laughs) Why has this not been done? You're telling me in the history of dudes getting high. (laughs) No dude ever turned to his friend and said, I have news for you. Drugs finally paid off. We're going to put frosting on that pie. (laughs) This is the experience I've been waiting to have. Look, I've been smoking weed for 40 years. (laughs) Been hoping for some kind of insight. All I can say is better late than never. Oh, wait, hold on a second. That's not frosting, it's paint. No, we're going to do it. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins from his CD, Freak Wharf. 2009. That was the year that was in comedy. Great comedy on this week's program. Our special thanks to Maria Bamford. Uh, we played a track from her CD, Unwanted Thought Syndrome. Greg Barrett, whose CD was That Guy from That Thing. Pat Oswalt's My Weakness is Strong. Tignataro was live from Max FunCon. Dana Gould's CD is called Let Me Put My Thoughts in You. John Mullaney's is The Top Part. Al Madrigal's CD is called Half Breed. And uh, we close things out with Paul F. Tompkins and Freak Wharf. And in between there, you heard some of the comedy that was produced for The Sound of Young America this year from our pals like Casper Hauser and Scott Simpson. That's our time for another Sound of Young America. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our editor is Nick White. Our theme music provided to us by Dan Wally, along with our interstitial music. My intern is Mariel Reyes. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can find our free podcasts and etc. My personal email address is jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFun.org, if you have thoughts about the show or questions about the show. We'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. Production of The Sound of Young America is underwritten in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Support for this program comes from this station and public radio international stations nationwide and is made possible in part by the PRI Program Fund, whose contributors include the Ford Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. PRI Public Radio International.